Hello once again, everybody, and welcome to AIW's The Card is Going to Change. On this week's episode, it is episode and week number two of the Ask Us Anything. Plenty of you submitted questions via email for our owners, John Thorne and Chandler Biggins. We didn't get to all of them last week. We will finish it this week. And before we do that, of course, want to give thanks to our sponsors, including Angelo's Pizza. Make sure you check out Angelo's award-winning pizza over on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. Should be, should be award-winning fettuccine Alfredo because this is delicious. I was going to say, hell of a veal over there. I've, chicken parm, man. It's my way to go every time. Love it. It's Shout out pizza. to Brandon for the, for the food donations over at Angelo's. There you go. Also, brought to you by Smart Mark Video, who takes care of all of our DVDs and the downloads that you watch the Taking AIW Taking care shows. of our drinking needs today. Yeah. They uh, supplied us with some uh, margarita mix for Christmas. Ooh. And tequila, because it is Mike Burns' favorite alcoholic beverage. So uh, he sent us a nice bottle of Patron for Christmas. Nice AIW Christmas bonus. Thanks a lot. Of course, I prefer the Durs. <laughs> I don't it's think that's do- a thing. It's Doers. 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 Doers, doers on the rock. You know. <laughs> also, you brought you. You, you, don't, you just can't get that down, huh? Can't get it down. Let's try it one more time. <laughs> You chop the walnuts and then you chop the chicken. No. Say doers. You know. Say doers. Doers. <laughs> there you go. Doers on the rocks. Doers on the rocks. Also brought to you by. Fourth time we recorded this. Yeah. Also brought to you by Jack Prince for all of your printing and graphic design needs. They do banners, they do clothing, anything you could possibly think of. Thongs, t shirts. Yeah, all at Jack Prince. Make they sure. They don't know how to make chicken salad, though. Well, they don't. Make sure you, you don't know that. Make sure you visit them at jackprince.com. You cut the walnuts. J A K prince.com stole your line Chandler Big, Biggins. now Biggins has found a, another <laughs> podcast to rip off yeah. Coco Banda kind of completed at the uh when we taped his apartment now I'm on the Bruce Pritchard podcast all right those voices that you heard of course real are fucking original guy we the got AIW over. owners my name is Steve Guy I'm Goddamn, joined, pal. joined by John Jesus Thorne Christ. and Chandler Biggins also uh more recently people being referring to them as uh AIW owner one, AIW owner two. Zandig fans is right, man. I think I do hate you. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what happened when? Oh, see? All right. Well, we had a very... Try booking a show with this guy at a diner. Very interesting show. Last week, we're going to get into more of this Ask Us Anything. And I told you Zandig post because you don't even go there. I know, because I never went there because ever again after that wiggy lady was mad at me for... Talking about Congo Kong's football tickets. Yeah, never never went back there again. I felt attacked. All right, the first question we're going to lead off with. Very sensitive. We we touch on it every once in a while on this show, but not formally. Uh, No Steven Seagal questions this morning. No Steven Seagal questions. Those are all out of the way. And and this is good as you two sit here and have your back and forth, and people wonder how the hell you get along. But how do you go about selecting talents for shows in regards to guys who are not AIW regulars? Uh, Depends on what. Weird episode of Mid Atlantic Biggins watches on I'm not big man Mid Atlantic. Get it right, Mid South. Mid South. Not Mid South either. Oh. USWA. USWA. <laughs> okay, that was Smoky Mountain. I mean, that has a factor in it. Hey man, I tried to get Bobby Blaze in the intense division a week ago. He. That is a true story. Do you pay he, attention? He, to- Biggins really tried to sell me on Bobby Blaze. Still has a good fucking run in him. No, he's been retired for years. That's a joke though, but. Bobby Belays, yeah, definitely. You, Shout out to him. You obviously pay attention to things that are going on outside of, I mean, of course, WWE is not booking them anyway, but uh, outside of the AIW bubble, so to speak. Yeah, is, I, is definitely, that- I definitely think we scout um, a lot more than a lot of independents do. Uh, we're always like, we talk to Drew Cordero all the time and see, he recommends people to us. Uh, Ethan Page runs a Fed. He talks to us about guys that work well for him. Uh, and definitely just watching stuff and who's the hot guy at the moment and who would work well in our system. I mean, a lot of times we book guys just based off their reputation, like online or on Twitter. Like we, we follow a lot of what people are saying about talent on Twitter. Um, you know, that's how we got into the fucking Matt Riddle situation that we've already covered. But that was i never seen Matt Riddle Russell in my life before we booked them. Uh, there's a lot of guys that like that. Um, we just booked them based off of, you know, their quote unquote buzz. Um, you know, who's the guy that's, you know, this is the, uh, the underappreciated talent from, you know, the South, you know, that's how, you know, we, 
kind of booked the carnies or team IOU um, just based off recommendations and um, you know, different people. And like suggesting. a lot of people have recommended them to us. Uh, we take a lot of recommendations from like the roster, like, Oh, this guy would be perfect for you guys. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of kind of, you know, there's no right or wrong way to get booked by AIW. I mean, if you write a shitty, e- shitty email, we're going to Well, I was going to say, to go back to the Double Dare episode, you have booked people you haven't seen before, but not people who just present themselves to you right. with an email I mean, and say, book me. I mean, honestly, we get so many emails of watch this footage. We don't, you know, we're not going to watch a 27-minute match. Yeah, but- and like, if I don't take you seriously immediately with your email, I'm not going to sit there and watch your eight YouTube links. Yeah, so I mean, a lot of it, honestly, is just like people whose opinions we respect, you know, suggesting people to us or saying like, hey, look into this guy or hey, nobody's booking this guy and he's really, really, really good. Um, Because like, for example, Team IOU, they've been around for a long time. And I remember Tommy Mercer or Crimson from TNA talked to us a while ago about him and then recently they were popping up a lot more just online and then Condolini really put him over to us. And uh, I knew they had done some little work for Drew Cordero. He said they were good. And then Ethan Page, like, it's kind of a big, like, system you got to go through to get to us, basically. Yes. Like, there's no, you know, there's some guys that just get booked straight up, like, you know, you you just see or hear of them doing something. And it's just like, boom, like, this is, you know, let's book this guy, you know, or there's there's other guys that are, are just suggested through various different people or recommendations or, you know, like you watch, you watch certain fans um, or certain fans like do have direct contact, you know, to us that are just like, they'll send us lists of guys to, to check out. Like, uh, you know, like Adam Lash is always sending us guys and um, Mike versus Philly on Twitter is always sending us recommendations. Rovert, Rovert is, you know, all, all these people send us all these kind of different uh, recommendations. Um, and some, you know, some just get disregarded because there's no space um some you know there's it just doesn't work out things don't leave and like some it just doesn't fit the role because like if we need a high flyer and you send us like a brawler maybe that doesn't work out like or- ach when we first booked him he just came as a, a ride along with the submission squad um and he was at the time virtually an unknown guy from texas um you know that that's kind of that, that's kind of how it works um you know someone's just like hey you know, I got this guy. He's real good. Please, you know, take a look at him. And that's how Ethan Page got booked. He drove Jennifer Blake. Yeah, you know, so that's just kind of uh, – we definitely take pride in kind of giving opportunities to, you know, those guys that are, you know, off on the fringe of, you know, independent wrestling um, that are, you know, are going to be the next – supposedly the next guy or girl. Um, but, yeah, there's really no rhyme or reason to it. It's just really just a lot of, you know – recommendation from from other talents and just what we need that immediate second so here's a fun question this has to do with match types will you ever or could we ever see another cage match in aiw again not at uh mount carmel because you can't fit a cage through the door and we left we left our pink cage at turner's hall because we couldn't we couldn't get it out of the building yeah that and the fact that uh, if we were going to do a serious cage match with it, we would have to paint it, and that seems like a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, I think we could get it back, but um, cage matches are hard because, especially on the independent level, it's not like you know we could suspend it above the ring and just drop it down um, it, like a WWE event. You know, it's uh, on the independent level, it's such a long setup, and you know, the, it's and honestly the major factor is venues because. Uh, there's just not too many venues that could handle a cage match with the, with the doors and the size and everything. yeah, like just getting something because you know you got to get those big gigantic you know fence pieces into the building somehow. So unless you know you're running uh, a building that has a giant garage door attached to it, like the, the chances of the cage match are not likely. Like you know, Absolution Ten, um, we originally wanted to do a double ring War Games match for that ten man tag. And we could not find a venue like, you know, we found another ring to use. Um, We were looking into getting another cage. We just could not find a venue that could hold it. I mean, that's that's why, you know, when we started going to that 10 man tag, um, we were like, you know, this is going to be a two rings war games match. And then we just could not 
we could not find a venue that could. The original plan it. was not a war games until Josh Prohibition just thought it sounded cool. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, Josh Prohibition said war games, and then he goes, "That's like a street fight, right?" <laughs> We're like, "No, man, it's a two cage, uh, two ring, two cage with a roof on it." And so, I mean, we try to make it work, but it just. You know, it's hard to find a, a venue that, you know, we're not going to run the fucking Quicken Loans Arena. So it's it's really hard to to find a venue that could get a cage into it. Our next question, uh, this is from Al at Virtual Pros. We've, we've met them before. Yeah, nice guys. Yeah. And uh, first of all, Al gives a shout out and says he wants to make it a point to Angelo's Pizza if he ever ends up back in Cleveland. So you should One definitely. One guys is the guy I bet 10 bucks on the UFC fight. <laughs> I think that was I think that was uh, Jay Welf on on Twitter. I bet him five bucks that CM Punk was going to hit a uh, GTS in his uh, fight. That's and a stupid that he bet. He was going to win. That's a terrible bet. Work. So here you go. These are actually specific to Chandler, and I, I just Uh-oh. I wanted you to get pumped up about something. As someone that dabbles in buying and reselling wrestling merchandise, what piece of merch got you the biggest return on investment? And do you have any weird stories associated with acquiring said merch? Uh, I've uh, I've acquired some weird merch, but uh, definitely the things that have the highest profit margin are some of the magazines and programs. Uh, like I'm talking like WWF, like uh, pay-per-view programs, like WrestleMania 3 or Survivor Series 94. Uh, I could flip those pretty, pretty much for like 20, 30 bucks. Uh, one time I drove to Indiana to meet a guy at a, uh, uh, I, well, I told the story cause of the baby picture. Yeah. Uh, I drove to Indiana in one day th- over three hours, picked up the merchandise and then drove home meeting him in a fast food restaurant parking lot. Uh, that was a weird one. Like a uh, drug deal. Benny Boone just came to my house the other day to unload some merchandise. <laughs> uh, that was pretty weird. The big bear just walking around my driveway. Um, pretty much any merch deal is weird. All right. Keeping on the big, big, big $30 profit margin. That's the biggest, that's the biggest, that's the biggest profit margin. Uh, yeah, I sold a Brandy Runnels, uh, kiss card once for 36 bucks. Kiss cards. (laughs) Kiss cards are hot, huh? Kiss cards are hot. All right. Keeping on the, the, uh, theme of weird. Uh, this question is from Reese. And the question is, how did the Campus Invasion show in 2007 come together, as it seems like the weirdest show in AIW's history? Uh, that's 100% my doing. Uh, my friend, Brad, uh, who has appeared in early AIW shows as Moonshine Muck McGee. You could see him on the AIW Absolute <laughs> debut. Uh, he, I think he might have been in a gauntlet for the gold. And I think he was the ring announcer for parts of Nightmare Before Christmas 1. Yeah, Moonshine Muck McGee, my friend Brad, he he attended uh, Ohio University, and you know now it's a really big deal. There's this thing called down there called the Number Fest, uh, but at this time it was like it was just you know they they were on like the third or fourth year, and it was like a big festival kind of in OU and a field. OU is at this time, I don't know what it's ranked now, but it was ranked the number one party school in the United States. In Playboy magazine, which you can buy on my eBay store. Yeah, Biggins has that specific issue. Um, but uh, so anyway, they, you know, it was Brad's senior year, and we had other we had other friends that went to OU, and they wanted to do their own festival. Uh, they lived on this street called West State Street, so they wanted to do West Fest. Um, and uh, they were like, hey, man, Let's let's get a bunch of kegs. We're gonna we're gonna pull all our money together that's left over from our student loans. Like this is him and like his whole house full of people. He lived with like I don't know six or seven people. Uh, they end up buying like thirty kegs, and uh, they were like, you know, we have this much money left over. What kind of weird ex WWE you know legend can you get? And we're like, oh. Right off the bat, Honky Tonk Man. Yeah, because we had booked him for the first time, and the Honky Tonk Man Likes to Watch story happened probably about three months. It happened in June. This is in September. Yeah. So so he's, like, fresh in our mind. He's fresh in our mind. He was fucking real fun to party with. Uh, so we're like, you know, it's a weird situation because you're essentially try- trying to promote a backyard wrestling show. Um, so... You know, we work out a deal with the Honky Tonk Man. He remembered, you know, hey, I I just saw you guys t- two months ago. I liked the watch. Let's, you know, let's do it again. And his first question was, 
where can I find a grocery store by the venue where I could get my Skyline chili mix? But uh, so essentially it was just my real life slash civilian friends wanted to throw a big party. Um, we did. And it was just kind of like, okay, we're going to book the honky tonk man. And then it's like, whatever, whatever other wrestlers want to come. Uh, and they can, that was the first time we booked, uh, Sammy Callahan. First time we booked Matt riot. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, Michael Tarver wrestled like Michael Tarver was the, like the biggest celebrity on the campus of Ohio university. Him and and Matt Wadsworth. Yeah. Um, just Matt, Matt Wadsworth, just surrounded by college ladies all, all night. Because they were impressed with his thumbtacks and barbed wire bumps. Yeah, because uh, Matt Wadsworth decided to wrestle, so me and him wrestled, uh, and uh, we just d- used a bunch of like deathmatch stuff because we were like, oh, man, this would be the best way to get laid at a at, – at a, well, I couldn't because I had a girlfriend with me, but for him, um, it was like, oh, this is going to be the best way to fucking pull a college – broad is like i put like a i made like a crown of barbed wire and i just like wrapped it around his head and i double stomped like thumbtacks into him and man he was he was getting some he was getting some sympathy matt wadsworth i believe that is his only uh aiw professional wrestling match and it was simply to try to score some college ladies you gotta do what you gotta do but i I guess that's that's like if you watch it it's not a good show but a live experience it was second to none yeah because Literally, there's 30 or 40 kegs, um, and just I would say 500 people just show like you know in this just a backyard of a house at Ohio University. The entranceway was literally a driveway into like the turnaround of a driveway where the ring was by like a garage, and they were just jam packed drinking. Honky Talk Man was in heaven. Yeah, he loved it. Um, and then like all the houses around, people were just out on their roofs like partying and watching. So like the party just went as far as the eye could see. Uh, it was a, definitely a fun experience. I definitely regret, regret bringing a girlfriend to that. Because <laughs> Matt Wadsworth was cleaning up. Moving on to the next question, uh, sticking to shows uh, and names and ideas. This is from Ed of Pod Van Dam. He wants to know who had the idea for fresh meat. Was there any fear the concept would or wouldn't work and how it would draw? And do you plan on doing another? I mean, that was just kind of like probably a co-promotion with Thorne and I just trying to get the uh, the students' experience with, like, veterans. Well, actually, the the idea was is I really enjoy watching MTV The Challenges on Hulu and Amazon. And, I mean, fresh meat is is definitely a a marquee, you know, type of uh, type of season for, for the challenge. <laughs> and battle sure. of sexes as well. So uh, that's... We that, just revealed our big secret. Yeah, the challenge. Yeah. Um, so it was just like, you know, fresh meat. They usually take a rookie and they put him with some kind of challenge veteran. So we go, hey, this sounds like a great. This I, is literally how we operate. This sounds like a great way to uh, to book the students. Let's take a student and match him up against a, a veteran. And that way, you know, they're going to get some good experience. Um, it's an easy concept for people to understand. Chances of it being good is better than two students against each other. Yeah, because you know two students could get lost, but if you match them up with the right veterans, um, you know they could definitely help. You know, help them to get through it. So uh, I, I didn't. I had there was really no thought of the event failing whatsoever. Um, I thought it was a pretty you know straightforward uh, sort of thing. Um, and that's why we tagged it with Girls Night Out, too, to make it, like, a big event. And uh, we knew we were going to be okay because a lot of people were making debuts at show. Which means they were going to sell some tickets. Yeah, and then by the third show, they're down to zero. So as we talk about people who are new and people trying different things, sometimes those moves and spots don't always work out. This question coming from Brian K., he wants to know how do you guys feel about AIW clips making it to Botchamania? Um, I mean, it is what it is, you know. Like Botchamania is kind of like, I, I guess, kind of like a pop culture thing at this point. Um, you know, I, it's definitely like, oh fuck, you know, this sucks that you know they, they whoever was wrestling in the match totally fucking like biffed it. Uh, but your body trying to do that one dive. Yeah, but. I mean, it's also great exposure at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that AIW watermark is there. You know, it's just another – It's I look at it somewhat as a promotional tool. 
um, because, you know, people know what they're getting into when they click a botchamania link, you know, they sure. want, they want to, they want to laugh for, you know, five minutes. So, you know, it's not like it's, it's, it's not like malicious in any way. So, I mean, I don't really mind it. And like Matthew is a listener of the show and, you know, he's always been nice to us and he's a good guy. And, uh, you know, it definitely is, you know, I'm not going to say I love it, but I'm not going to say I hate it either. But the AIW clips are also kind of few and far between because it doesn't seem like we have enough botchamania worthy stuff on it. Like screw ups oh, and man, stuff. You're really fucking you're really you're really calling people out now. Now it's going to be flooded. Yeah. Oh, wow. Submission as long as nobody's pull- talking a big game right, right now. As long as nobody's pulling a lever every botchamania for AIW clips, I think we're fine. Well, yeah, luckily we don't have the lever pull, but, uh, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Like I, I'm, I watch Botchamania. I fucking, I love it. Um, I especially think it's funny when like an AIW student gets on there because they don't know how to, you know, they're still new. Um, I think it's kind of like a, a humbling thing to be like, Hey, you still got to get fucking better. You know, like when, when Kaplan fucking almost dies on Botchamania impales Carson, uh, it's kind of like. Hey, babe, maybe she, maybe she's coming to practice a little more. Um, so yeah, I, that's a Facebook gift now. Yeah, I don't I don't mind it. You know, I think it's you know it it is what it is. It's Botchamania is like its own brand at this point. I, I now I also have to say the end of this email wasn't a question, but it was a a request with an exclamation point. P.S. Book massage envy again. Oh, that will definitely happen <laughs> because uh, the oil master and. And the if fetish there, friendly. If there's one guy that per, could get Missy Hyatt out of retirement, it could be the oil master. The fetish friendly Dorian Graves and the oil master VSK both teaming teaming on Missy Hyatt. You think she'd come up for I that? Don't know. It's up to her. The ball's <laughs> in her court. Ball's in her court, but we would definitely allow them to just massage Missy Hyatt in the ring and not even wrestle. While Jack, Jock Sampson watches. <laughs> All right. Uh, can you talk about your experience working with a post-prison nick gage oh i'll tell you what nick gage is probably one of my favorite guys in the history of aiw just the most intense like crazy matches but literally one of the nicest guys and uh like absolution me and him had like a real big talk uh absolution 10 with the crazy uh tim and tim dance match and like he was really involved in how can we, you know, make AIW bigger? How can we make it better? Like, he was a guy that really took heart in places he worked and really wanted to improve them. And it's sad what happened with him. And we would have a we have an open door for him whenever he wants to come back to wrestling. Uh, and we supported him when he went to when he went back to uh, a correctional facility. We helped with his legal bills uh, and stuff like that because he really deep down. His heart is there in wrestling, and he is a great guy. I love him. Yeah, I think, you know, Nick Gage, you know, obviously, you know, any guy who just did X amount of years in uh, a, a penitentiary is going to be a little rough around the edges. Uh, but it, it's kind of one of those things to where wrestling kind of brings the weirdest, you know, collection of people together um, that would never it, – it would never happen anywhere else. You know, uh, you have a, a school teacher – mingling with a, a ex-con um you know it's just one of those things that it wrestling is is so weird but nick gage is i would say definitely has an open door to come back to aw he definitely um you know as much as he's nice and respectful uh that is, it's not a gimmick whatsoever i mean that's you know that's the real deal. He's like he's like one of those guys that he's your best friend until you cross him and then he's killing you. Yeah, and I mean you know just by you know he his heart is in his you know his performance his whatever, but you know he's definitely a guy that's like you know you're you're a little bit on higher alert when he's around just because you know it's it's hard not to be you know it's just like he's he's coming out of he's coming out of prison so it's not like. Hey man, what's up? Like hugs. It's like, hey, free beer, right? Yeah, absolutely. I get pizza, right? Yeah, yes, Mr. Gage. You know, have at it. You know, who am I? Who am I? Who am I to say you can't have some free beers? Um, so you know, 
I would I loved having him around though because Nick Gage is one of those guys that that's that's real. That if you want to talk about, you know, believability being dead in professional wrestling, put Nick Gage out there uh and he'll fucking he'll, he'll make you believe because it's it's as close to being a legitimate fight for your life as as you could get. Um he definitely has an open door, but uh yeah, you know, we Nicky we did we did help with his legal fees you know we sent we sent him money for lawyers and um different things and you know wrote him re- letters of recommendation um so you know i don't i don't know where where he's at now i hear that he is out um maybe he has decided to you know step back from wrestling getting help or something we don't know we haven't talked to him we talked to other people uh i hope he's doing well though but yeah, Nick Gage, I would say, um, definitely an intense guy to work with, but definitely a guy that I would happily welcome back. What was the strangest thing to happen during a match? Oh, well, I think we talked about that the other day when uh, there was a guy trying to strip naked in Thorne's match. Uh, that was pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that probably would take the cake, right? I would say that's definitely the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me personally in a match. Um, it's definitely a drunk officer of the law getting in the ring. <laughs> Try to strip. And uh, taking all of his clothes off and then not realizing he had a singlet on underneath his clothes and uh, thinking he was completely naked. Frank the Tank style, old school, <laughs> thinking thinking his dick was out. Uh, I would say another weird thing was... Uh, when I'm talking to a building owner and all of a sudden the ch- fans start throwing all the chairs in um, during a absolution, absolution four, uh, they did the, the fans did the ECW chair riot and I'm talking to the building owner and I think he almost fell over dead when that happened. That's probably yeah. not good. Yeah, that was bad because also uh, a wrestler uh, then after that happens, he got hit He during it happening. He gets hit in the head with a chair like in the brainstem and has a seizure in the ring. Uh, that was pretty scary. And there's chandeliers that people were throwing chairs by. It was not a good moment. Wow. All right. I'm going to go with this guy, TJ Dynamite, having a seizure in the ring. Yeah, that's bad, too. Uh, would you ever book Brian Zane, Jim Cornette, or the Rock and Roll Express in the near future? Uh, in the near future, I don't know. Uh, I'm not opposed to any of the any of the four of them. Uh, I like wrestling with regret. Regret. Uh, I'm not sh- too familiar with his like wrestling work, but yeah, I don't like I I find myself in like a wrestling with regret rabbit hole a lot of times on YouTube when I'm bored. But uh, I mean, I don't know about booking him. Um, Jim Cornette, like that's kind of like a double edged sword sort of thing. Is I feel Jim Cornette uh, has kind of developed this reputation to where it would almost be negative to book him uh because so many of the modern fans hate him i do think he makes a lot of sense sometimes he just needs a filter to to filter through you know the thing the point that he's trying to get across um so i don't know you know we we did talk to jim Cornette not that long ago he was in the he was in the area already he was in the area and we kind of were like hey you know if you want to sell some stuff you're more than welcome but uh, he was already going home. And, like, I got a lot of respect for Cornette. Uh, obviously, you know, he does make a lot of sense on things. There's a whole YouTube channel, Jim Cornette Talking Sense, that makes a lot of sense, ironically. Uh, but, like, his thoughts on, like, Cole Cabana and Kevin Steen and some other stuff is so far off. Like, uh, I just don't agree with it. Like, I could see being opposed to some of these guys, but there's a big difference between not liking a style of wrestling and saying, like, you want to take a gun and shoot Kenny Omega in the face. Like, he kind of goes too extreme sometimes. I got a lot of respect for him, though, but definitely uh, disagree with him on Kevin Steen and the Young Bucks and the Colt Cabana and that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, like, there's, like he said, there's some stuff that he's so dead on about. And, like, the older I get, like, some of the stuff makes a lot of sense that he's trying to say, but then he just says some like real fucking off the wall shit. And I think, I think half the time it's just a gimmick. To, he's like a shock jock, like a Howard Stern or a Morton Downey Jr. Or yeah. Something he's like just, that. he's just trying to rile like people a heat up magnet. He's just trying to rile people up to get, you know, to, to keep his name out there or whatever. Um, so, I mean, 
I would say I would say it's more unlikely that we ever book him. Um, and the Rock and Roll Express. I mean, we booked Ricky Morton in Absolution Two. Yeah, him and Dave the Potato, Rock and Roll Express. But uh, yeah, that that's you know they were the Rock and Roll Express were heavily considered for Double Dare, um, but it just kind of boiled down to you know do you want to go down which road do we want to go down do we want to try to use some like new up and coming talent or do we want to you know book guys like the Rock and Roll Express who are probably you know still great in the ring but it's just it's not everybody is going to want to be there for that because we're fully aware that a lot of the modern type fan, you know, they don't know who they are or what they were, or, you know, they just see some guys that, you know, uh, we had a dollar for every person that came into the ad, every wrestling school that think of edge is like an old veteran. Like that's as old as they go back as like edge and John Cena. Then, you know, but that's who, that's the next generation coming up that we're trying to sell tickets to. Yeah, so it's like kind of like, yeah, I would love to just fucking sit down in the AW locker room and listen to the Rock and Roll Express tell stories all night, but I don't know that a lot of the AW fans would be like super pumped to watch the Rock and Roll Express wrestle in 2017. So it's, you know, it's another one of those double-edged sword sort of things. It's like, you know, do do we want to book for ourselves or do we want to book to keep in business sort of thing. So I'm trying to find like the right answer. And I'm not saying booking the rock and roll express would put us out of business, but it's just kind of one of those things. It's like, you know, risk versus the reward. You got to know your audience and like find that middle ground somewhere. So last episode, we had uh, some names that were mentioned a couple times in emails. And um, I have a, a couple more that were mentioned on more than one occasion. The first being Jessica Havoc. J have, will we ever see her? I would say there's probably no chance of her ever coming back. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I would say probably not. Um, Like, really, the the situation with us is bizarre. She just kind of stopped accepting our dates and, um, you know, I guess made up some sort of issue that she had with us. Um, There's been a different story, you know, every single time she said it. But, um, and like, I think the original problem she had with us was the fact that she was our AIW Women's Champ, but then Haley Hatchard, who she had heat with, was going to get a match with Gail Kim, and she felt she should have the match with Gail Kim, but it was a whole deal where Haley Hatchard had found a money sponsor to pay for Gail Kim, so it was kind of like... The Yakuza. Well, yeah, but I wasn't going to say it, but... uh, It was a thing where the money was there for Gail Kim, so Haley was getting the match, and I think she took offense to that, and then that just led to the snowball effect of... You know, every time she talks to somebody, it's a different story why she hates us. But, yeah, and, like, we had, we had talked maybe two two or three years ago, and things were fine, and we were um, considering, you know, bringing her back, and uh, or in the very least we were going to film some stuff with her and kind of bury the hatchet. Um, and then it just, you know, talks just kind of kind of fell apart, and, then, you know, that's just, that's just where it's at, I'm, you know. So I would say... Highly unlikely, especially, you know, coming off of all the other controversies that have surrounded her and, you know, the last year, I would just try to stay away from that. All right. The name Veronica. Oh, well, that was in our choice. Uh, Veronica retired. Uh, she's doing well, though. I know a lot of people have asked me how how she is. She's doing well. Uh, I talked to her once in a while. Uh, her and her cousin, Sammy Giordano, both doing well. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the she was um she was a very, you know, people don't understand, like she was a very integral part in um you know, getting so many of the East Coast talents to AIW events. Um she would kind of coordinate, you know, at that time period, um a lot of, you know, the ride situations and things like that. You know, a lot of people that's one of the things that like people would never grasp or or no. Time, there's times where we book a car and there's four people, and then three of the people don't drive. Yeah, so, like, she was, honestly, like, Veronica was a very integral part, you know, during her time in AIW of, like, making sure, you know, all these different talents got to AIW um, and kind of, you know, 
heading the charge, so to speak, on, uh, you know, coordinating things. And she was a very, 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 very integral part of, you know, AIW at that time. And she came to us one time and said she was going to retire, and we talked her into saying six more months, and then she finally said, this is it. Yeah, I talked her out of it for six months, and then finally she's like, you know, I want to retire. I want to, you know, I I did wrestling. I, you know, uh, I did what I basically, you know, I want to be involved in it. I've been involved in it. Now, you know, she kind of wanted to. And she had some, like, family stuff going on and stuff, but – uh. Her and, ironically, Sammy Giordano both retiring at the same time. But uh, Shocking. But uh, she was great to work with. Uh, still doing good. Uh, you know, that's about it. There's really no yeah, there's not, story. There's not much of the story there. She just wanted, you know, some people just retire. That's, that's fair. So the last name is fun because as I sit here, I am with the two owners of AIW. But there's maybe a third and folks want to know whatever happened to Chest Flexor. Oh, Chester Flexorstein. <laughs> uh, he just got married and he went to uh, Thailand. Yeah, he's, he, you know, Chest Flexor he's still a world traveler, still being uh, an eccentric. Uh, I just I just saw a video of him uh, playing with a tiger, and it's a true thing. Uh, you know, <laughs> he just you know it was just kind of one of those things where you know he he, he was around for a while, did a storyline. Um, and, you know, it was just kind of one of those things that, you know, fades away. It's like there wasn't a need for the authority figure. And it kind of faded away when, like, he was, like, the person defending AIW against Nixon. And it just was, like, a storyline that kind of, when it was done, it was like, you know, I don't think Chess Flexor is going to be a guy that just isn't a random scramble. Like, he's, like, a, a guy that needs a story behind him at all times, I think. I mean, he's definitely uh, will probably be back. Uh, I know he had one of Chandler Biggins' favorite matches of all time, Chess Flexor versus Johnny Gargano. Oh, oh definitely. Uh, it's on the best of blood or Gino 4, uh, either one of those titles. Uh, yes, definitely one of my favorite matches of all time. But he was one of those guys that was just kind of around forever, you know, like like uh, like a Jerry situation. You know, he was one of those guys that was around early AIW and, um, you know. Just w- fell into a role that worked for him. It's great that you mentioned that's perhaps one of Chandler's favorite matches of all time because our next question from Michael literally is, what are both of your all-time favorite AIW matches and why? Well, I'll go. Uh, Johnny Gargano was probably one of my favorite guys. Uh, There was the match with him and the Dave the Potato. That's one of my favorites. Him and Chess Flexer was one of my favorites. Um, I would say the first time we booked Necro... I know this is definitely not Thorne's favorite match, but the first time we booked Necro Butcher versus Drake Younger versus Thorne at Hell on Earth uh, 3, that was the first time we went, like, totally, like, ultra-violent deathmatch. And, like, as a fan of that style, like, it was just so awesome, uh, especially to have those two guys in because I was so enamored with them at that point. Um, I'm glad you were fucking enamored with them. <laughs> yeah. Because that sucked. <laughs> yeah, that was good for me, not for you. Um, trying to think of what else. Uh, definitely Brian Danielson, uh, Johnny Gargano at Absolution Five. Uh, that was like a big like peak, I think, of AIW. Like, oh my god, I can't believe we're right here. Yeah, I, I would I would say um, Elgin versus Josh Alexander. Um, either one of those uh, were excellent. Um, the Gargano versus Ethan Page matches were were excellent. Oh, especially when uh, the one that Ethan Page turned face at. Yeah, um, I would I would go with those two. Um, I'm trying to think. Definitely uh, not Necro Butcher versus me versus Drake Younger because that fucking was an awful experience for me. I mean, it was a sweet experience, but it was like I I remember I could not walk for three days after that. Um, well, you did take a cop killer on a shopping cart. So that is not my favorite match of all time. Um, you know, Johnny Gargano was definitely – an, an MVP, so to speak. Um, Johnny Gargano versus Tyler Black, 30-minute Iron Man match was was excellent. Um, Johnny Gargano was a, a common theme in this. Um, and then some some kind of like random matches that I really enjoyed. Uh, Sterling James Keenan, Corey Graves versus Madman Pondo. Uh, that's up on our YouTube for free. Uh, Ricochet versus uh, Shima Zion. Uh, that was excellent. Um there was there was a a time where we were doing this kind of like three way tag feud with the Olsen twins, uh, 
the uh, Irish Airborne OI4K and uh, Aeroform, Flip Kendrick and Lewis Linden, they had some excellent matches. Um, you know, it's 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 kind of hard because you just forget everything that, you know, you forget, like, I forgot last month's shows already because you're so focused on the future. It's, like, yeah, so much blends say, together. You, and like, we talked about it in, like, the Bad Weather episode, but Athena Mia Yim is by far probably one of my favorite G&O matches. Uh, Bloodsport, Heidi and... Shayna with the Ronda Rousey run in was one of my favorites. I was gonna say, yeah, there's a lot of recent matches. Probably, I mean, you guys First are women main event, and they delivered. That's... Yeah, that was you know that was excellent. Um, Dan Severn versus Colin Delaney, honorable mention. <laughs> what about a match you get in there, uh, kind of unsuspecting, maybe to some, like a hot sauce Tracy Williams and Shigehiro Irie. A guy, uh, a guy, you know, a guy. That... Hot sauce, hot sauce is just a performer. Like I love his work. Uh, I was gonna say though, how could I forget Grado and Tracy Smothers? One of the most craziest matches ever is seen in Road Diaries three. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, honorable mention Eddie Kingston versus uh, Erie. That was excellent. That was yeah, Erie yeah. had a good run in AIW. That was you know that was a match that uh, Kingston definitely needed to like. I don't know what the word is, but it, it definitely brought out the like Eddie it, Kingston yeah. that everybody knows and remembers it the fire and, and definitely motivated him. So that was excellent. We got a little yonkers, Eddie. All right. Our next round of questions uh, actually has a deal with AIW and your relationships with uh, some other promotions that are out there. Uh, starting with maybe a little bit of backstory on the AIW split. I mean, that's that's a, uh, an episode on its own. I don't know if we're going to get into that in this format, but uh, it was definitely something that happened. And ironically, the first show we had back when it was just me, Thorne, and uh, a couple other people, but it was mainly just Thorne and I, was the Campus Invasion show. So that's pretty crazy to come back from a split with that show. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know if that uh, that is as interesting a story as people kind of have made it up in their heads to be like very uh, romanticized. And I think, you know, I'd probably leave it at that because it's not, it's, it's really not all that interesting. Um, and the people that mattered in the split, we've all settled any beef with like, you know, everybody that needed to come back came back. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's just a thing that happened and, you know, it was just kind of like, let's, let's see who survives and who doesn't. And, you know, that's, that's pretty much the, the cut and dry of it. It was just kind of a, you know, any, any bad feelings or anything ended when Raymond Rowe came out at wrestle rager. Yeah. And I mean that, you know, that'll probably be, if we ever get into it, that'll probably be a sit down episode with Raymond Rowe to, to really get into it. But, um, a lot of the stuff is very romanticized in people's heads. And, uh, honestly, it's just a bad era of AIW. Like all, altogether, not before, and, you know, years after, um, it's just, you know, the growing pains of, a, of being an independent wrestling promotion. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think if Thorne and I knew what we knew now, the whole time we ran AIW, it would be a far different promotion. But, you know, you, you, don't, you don't know everything. When, when you start, you, can't live you know, it's, like, it's kind of like you, you, you know, uh, you learn and you have these experiences and then, you know, you kind of uh, evolve from there. So, yeah. All right, what are your thoughts on DJ Hyde and CZW? Uh, there's a lot of people on their shows I like. Uh, I think they're misused, but it's not my company. Uh, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a fan of DJ Hyde. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever get into the actual story of it all, but uh, I think he's just like just a, a bad human being. Um, CZW is, um, it's just uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just. CZW has a lot of talented guys. Uh, I think, you know, it's just another it's just another independent wrestling promotion. Uh, I could do I could definitely do without DJ Hyde though. Uh, he doesn't seem like a guy I would be friends with in real life. That's all I'm saying. Well, in general, as a promotion, it's a different kind of promotion. I think people sometimes forget that. Yeah, while other promotions are kind of competition, a lot of them are very different in how they go about things. I think I think every independent is competition in the fact that. We're all competing for money that isn't going to WWE. And, sure. you know, that pool of money is very limited, I think. But it's not like, you know, it's eight hours away. So it doesn't affect us that much. 
but you could have a very similar card, and it's just that the way that it would be done at CZW would be completely different at AIW. Well, it's just, you know, that's the thing. It's like everybody has their own thought process behind things and yeah. own philosophies, and, you know, it, it's just it's one of those things. You know, th- they have some talented guys there. Um, they have some guys that I don't think are that talented. Uh, but there's people you, there we don't like. There's people there we like, so. I mean, it's just, it's all, it's all subjective and personal opinion. Um, so, you know, w- what we think of CCW doesn't really matter. Because we weren't going to buy tickets or buy iPay-per-views anyway, so <laughs> I don't think they're marketing to us. All right. Uh, from Chris specifically, he wanted to know about AAW and your thoughts there. He happened to notice that when Johnny was on the indie scene, the dates weren't conflicting, but now some of them are are does that have anything to do with it or that's that has just nothing by to chance. do with johnny that's just by chance and uh we've always tried to coordinate dates but uh really it's almost impossible to avoid everything if we're avoiding uh trying to conflict with evolve or ring of honor or wwe or something or events in cleveland even and then t- besides wrestling if you go to like mount carmel they have bingo they have basketball they have church events uh, we had to move a show in 2017 uh, because they're having like a confirmation weekend. Um, so it's just one of those things where uh, it just falls on those days and we try to do the best uh, possible thing to make it fair for both of us. Uh, we talked to Danny Daniels. We talked to Dr. Keith. Uh, when we were in Chicago, we saw Danny Daniels. Uh, Dr. Keith talks to Thorne a lot. Uh, there's no like beef, but it's just... You know, it's just one of those things where if a date's available, we're going to take it. It has to do with the venue, mostly, right? Well, it ven- t- has to do with everything. Venue, talent, you know, like we have we have our kind of core guys that we want to book. So it's like, okay, all these guys are available on this date. All right, we're going with that. You know, uh, a lot we don't use a lot of crossover talent if you really boil it down. Sure. Um, between AAW and AIW. Uh, you, try to, you try to just avoid dates at all costs, but... It's impossible, you know, like he said, you're trying to schedule around venues, your core talent, um, just, you know, if the WWE is coming to town, if there's, you know, uh, Evolve that weekend, uh, which kind of falls back on talent that we want to book, Ring of Honor, just all sorts of stuff. There's all sorts of different factors. You can't possibly avoid everything. And then, you know, you can avoid everything, and then PWG would be like, oh, we're running on this day. And then, you know, half your talent will pull off for that. So, like, it just, it, it, it's almost impossible to schedule around everything. And we have to schedule these shows months and months and months in advance, and that's what we were complaining about, like, a month ago with we kept coming against the Indians and stuff because as much as we plan, we can't know for sure they're going to be in the playoffs. Or the finals or, you know, that kind of stuff. But, yeah, it had nothing to do with Johnny. It's just – it's a coincidence. Um, I would say at this point, you know, we leave a big gap uh, around our schedule around late spring, summer, and early fall um, because we like to try to see where everyone's kind of dates fall. So, you know, we scheduled the first half of the year and we scheduled, you know, our regular events, which, you know, is hell on earth is always on Black Friday – and then uh, we scheduled an event in December, but there's a gap from May until November that we kind of have left open right now. But as of right now, you know, there are no other conflicts with AAW other than uh, February 17th. And the other thing with AAW is I don't think a lot of people know, but a lot of times if they're Friday, we're Saturday, we split a lot of talent. So it's not like we're working against each other. It's actually working with most of the time, if possible. Or what are your thoughts on the new promotion that works out of Turner's Hall? Um, I don't know if there's a necessary need for anybody to run wrestling in Cleveland besides us. Uh, I know that sounds selfish or monopolized, but I just don't see the need if we're running so many shows, if there's a need for another promotion. I think we do just fine. I think Mega Championship Wrestling covers when we're not running. Uh, we try to help out the UXWA, which is a very small time, um, smaller fed in Cleveland. Um, there just seems to be, um, with our success, there seems to be a lot of people popping up. Like we joked about pop up pro wrestling, but that's what it seems like lately. A lot of times people come to AIW shows and think there's this wealth at the end of the rainbow. And I'm not necessarily sure if people realize the uh, money and upkeep it takes to keep a promotion on its feet. 
Um, and I think a lot of fans uh, think that there's this gold at the end of the rainbow, and we've yet to see it. Maybe Flow Slam will come along this year and give it to us. Yeah, I just I don't like Cleveland is a small, big city, and I just don't think that there is an, enough, I guess, wrestling interest or whatever to sustain multiple promotions on the west side of Cleveland, um, so close together. Um, I just don't think people have that much disposable income right now. So, uh, you know, I I know that they're, they definitely have trouble drawing. I, I would assume that they're going to continue having trouble drawing because it's hard to, you know, you have to spend so much money on talent and marketing and promotion just to draw 200 people in Cleveland. So, uh, and, and I could not imagine in 2016 starting something up or 2017 starting something up. Like we've had years of branding and, uh, social media outreach and everything else to all of a sudden decide one day, like, Hey, I'm running a show. Here's my flyer on Facebook. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, even with all that stuff built up, it's still hard for us. So it's going to be a, especially hard for people with not much experience or, you know, I guess reach. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. Um, I'm happy that we kind of got out of Turner's Hall when we did and found Mark Cromo. I think he it's a, a blessing in disguise for sure. You know, we were very upset at the time, but I think Mount Carmel has, you know, it's much nicer, it's bigger, it's cleaner. Uh, heat and air conditioning? Yeah, so, you know, I am, uh, you know, it is what it is. I don't have too many thoughts on it. I just think it is a, I think it's a poor investment to start an independent wrestling promotion in 2017, especially, you know, with all the turnover now that WWE signing people. It's really, really going to be become extremely difficult in the next couple months to uh, maintain an independent wrestling promotion um, with all kind of the marquee indie talent disappearing. So uh, it's going to be interesting how not only AIW shakes out if we could survive, but, you know, just ev- everything else, even kind of these smaller, newer promotions, not only in Cleveland, but, you know, across the country. That's going to bring us to our last two questions and perfectly goes into them. Uh, these were both submitted to us by Luke and uh, having to deal with the future of AIW. First question being, do you ever see the possibility in the future of providing a live stream of your events via Flow Slam, Powerbomb TV, or some other service? If, you're, if you own a Brinks truck full of money, you could send it to our P.O. box. I don't, know. I don't know that anybody owns a Brinks truck besides Brinks. Well, you could ship the money to us via <laughs> Brinks. Um, you know, we've... Uh, we've had some conversations with, with Powerbomb TV and things. Um, I just think, you know, right now, um, it's a the live the live streaming is still such a such unpredictable technology. There's still so many issues with it. Um, there were issues when we did it in the past, and there continues to be issues with it. I, I would be hard uh, to come, or it would be hard to come up with an iPay-per-view in the last few years that has had no issues. And it's not like, you know, WWE putting on a pay-per-view. It's an independent company trying to put on what basically is like the WWE network, and it just does not work. Yeah, I mean, you know, the co- you know server costs and things like that, and, you know, the technology that you need to invest in. Um, I- and there's a reason why a lot of the video companies like High Spots and uh, Smart Video pretty much got out of it. Yeah, because it's the the technology is just so unpredictable. It's not there yet, um, and it's not you know the service doesn't take the hit. It's the promotion because we have to answer to the fans that paid for it. You know, so it's you know if the money was there and it was a good deal for us, we would consider it. But you know, uh, we do very well on Smart Mark Video. Uh, there, it's kind of going to come to a surprise to a lot of people. But physical media dying is a fucking myth because we still sell so many more DVDs compared to streams or MP4s uh, or anything digital. Um, and, and people have tweeted us before doubting this. Uh, I would love to, for you to come to my house and watch me sit there with a DVD duplicator and make these just like DJ Hyde in that Vice documentary. I sit there and watch YouTube videos and make DVDs and sell them out every AIW show. Yeah, I mean, so it would definitely have to be the right offer for us to do something because, you know, 
it has an impact on things. AIW at AIWrestling.com. We'll take any and all offers. Yeah. You know, we'll definitely hear offers out, but, you know, it it has it has impacts on things. You know, we have a relationship with SmartMark Video. SmartMark Video has done a lot for us. Um, if it wasn't for SmartMark Video, we would have died years and years ago. That's all I'm saying. So, I mean, you know, for us to jeopardize that business relationship, it's going to have to be a hell of an offer. Um, and it's going to have to be something that we know is going to be good for good for fans because – you know, even even Flow Slam right now is has been experiencing um, some some trouble with their streams. So it, until you know someone comes to you and says, "Hey, I'm going to give you X amount of money. I am going to handle the streaming. It's flawless. It's proven." Um, I don't know that it's it's a road that we want to go down. Um, but I mean, I'll definitely take a million dollars or whatever and give it a shot. I'll take uh, any duffel bags full of cash that anybody has, or uh, or you could you could send us money in Maxim magazines in the, in the mail. Yeah, and then I'll take the money out and sell the Maxims on eBay. But yeah, it's gonna have to be the right offer. And like you know, we're we're doing fine as it is right now, so it's hard for us to jump on something else without this quote life changing money that everybody talks about. All right. Well, that being said, as you look towards the future, what's the ultimate vision? that you have of what you'd like AIW to be? Is it something where you're touring widely or current setup pretty much ideal, you know, just kind of want to add to it and maybe what are some of the, the thoughts or things you'd, you'd like to add, maybe improvements or whatever the case may be? Save my life from eBay. Make it that I can wake up and just do AIW and don't have to eBay. Um, I, I don't know that I necessarily see us touring. I think kind of in this modern landscape the touring indie is dead i think the costs that come with it are excessive yeah because you're talking if we just run shows in cleveland we're flying people into cleveland can get them in hotels here with that you're talking extra airline tickets extra hotels extra driving at the at the point where you start touring then you have to provide accommodation for even the local cleveland talent and that you know that jumps the budget up um so, you know, obviously, you know, we'll go we'll go places um, if there's an offer in place to where it's kind of like a, a paid situation, like we are just brought in as a as a package, so to speak. Because uh, the other thing is, you know, people ask why we were in Cleveland. Thorne and I live in Cleveland. Uh, you know, I live in the suburbs, but uh, and so does Thorne. But we are Northeast Ohio Cleveland guys. To where if you want us to run a show, like we got emails before, oh, come run a show in Canada, come run a show in Texas. Like we can't just pick up and take our whole operation there and run a show unless we're millionaires. Yeah, I mean, you know, we don't know the we don't know the the lay of the land, so to speak, in these other areas. You know, we know what works for Cleveland. And what works for Cleveland might not work in, you know, Indianapolis or, or Indianapolis. You know, you know, like it might not it might not work and the the costs would be excessive. So, you know, I kind of am more of the uh, build it and they will come mindset. Um, you know, I think if you p- put on a good show, you put together an interesting enough lineup, you're, you're going to get people to travel in from out of town. Uh, and, and I think that's what the successful indies have done uh, lately is the build that they will come. Uh, you know, PWG started it with building up Reseda. Uh Beyond Wrestling, you know you're going to Boston or Rhode Island for them. Uh, you know you're going to the Cleveland area for us. Like, there's if you put a map... And put darts in every city. You know, oh, I'm going to Cleveland for AIW. I'm going to Boston for Beyond. I'm going to Chicago for AIW. It's almost like a newer version of the territories, but like we don't really run a territory. It's kind of like we all stick to our our city, and you know, everyone kind of you know doesn't doesn't venture out from there, and you kind of just get your own little piece of the pie in that area. And like you know. You know, CWF Mid Atlantic, you're going to their building, or you know, Nova Pro runs this building. Like, almost there's probably about 30 feds in the country right now that, like, you go to a certain area, you know, oh, I'm in this area, I can go to this show. So, where do you guys want to see this go? I mean, things about things like um, increased production value. Um, I mean, you obviously, know, you know, larger venue. Are, are there goals in mind with, well, with I mean, things? I mean, I, we would be lying to say we don't want to make more money and draw bigger crowds and have, you know, the greatest talent in the world. But, I mean, it's just constantly building. Like, uh, they just had that thing online about how 
we increased our number 71% from last year, 2015 into 2016. It's stuff like that. Um, we don't, we don't want to, we don't want to get, you know, too, I guess, uh, I don't know, like make our expectations too unexceedable. You know, we want, mm-hmm. we want to make short term goals, um, and, and get to those goals. You know, we, we don't want to sit here and say, Hey, in two years, we need to be making X amount of dollars profit for ourselves. Sure. Uh, uh, we would love that, but we also work with the realities of how the business is. Yeah. Like short, like, you know, short term evolution, um, you know, like, you know, we had money to build that stage. Then we had money to build the ramp. You know, we would love to get new belts. We got, we got belts, you know, it's kind of small time investments and small time goals rather than, Hey, by the end of the year, we need to be doing this or we're, we're failures. Um, it's kind of like, okay, like let's, let's get from December to March and stay in business and see where we're at. Okay. Let's, let's, let's buy some lights or let's book, you know, let's book this person. And and like, you know, not, not to say anything about the guy's email, but Oh, you know, yeah. On paper, a wrestling fan could go, why doesn't AIW go to Indiana? Why doesn't AIW uh, book this guy? Well, the reality is we know the numbers and we struggle just like every other company right now. You know, it's a hard sell to sell people on wrestling and we, do an okay job at it. So it's getting the people in the door, having them have a good show, people enjoying it on DVD. We're doing okay, um, but we could always do better. And, you know, a lot of that is out of our hands. Yeah, I would say, you know, short-term goal, uh, we would love to see larger crowds um, because then we have more capital to invest in things. Um, but other than that, that's that's like, really the only thing. I don't think people understand, like, you know, when it comes to, like, voting, people are always like, your one vote counts. Like, you one ticket makes a big difference sometimes. Yeah, you know, it's just kind of one of those things, and it's like, who knows what's going to happen? You know, like I said earlier, you know, the whole landscape of independent wrestling seems to be changing in 2017 with the WWE getting a lot more hands-on and signing a lot more people, and it's just kind of like, and where? Please tell us where to send our resumes. <laughs> where are, where are people going to want to s- spend their money? You know. Um, it's kind of like you could see all this stuff for nine ninety nine on the WWE Network, or you gotta kind of s- spread you know spread things out. Um, so it's kind of it's gonna be interesting to see how people spend their money and how we have to kind of re- our business needs to react to that. So we can't really have a, a set plan. Um, I would just say you know uh, if you're a fan of independent wrestling, no matter what city you're in. Go support the live event because the live gate and the live attendance is really what is is making the difference these days. hundred percent. And, you know, even if you can't make it to somewhere, I know a lot of uh, people like our transparency, like we're honest about everything. Um, and hopefully that gets you to buy these shows. I know a lot of people say uh, us talking about events uh, sells them the MP4, the DVD through us or Smartmark video. Just keep supporting because without your support, we're just two guys uh, not running wrestling anymore. Yeah, so I, I guess that's kind of where our, our goals are at is just really stay in business. That's that's goal number one, and then goal number two, we'll you know we'll figure that out once we stay in business. Uh, I mean, I think that's been the struggle for twelve years, and we've made it a dozen years. We're still trying to make that lucky thirteen. All right, final question because you just made me think of it, and I, I realized I missed that email. Uh, says, love the new tag belts. Will there be new replacement belts for the other titles in the future? Yeah, I mean, that's not really that juicy of a story. It's just kind of, you know, we had, we kind of went from, like, replica belts to shitty-looking custom belts to, like, better-looking belts to now the tag belts look really amazing. And now the better belts we bought before, don't look as great compared to the tag belt. So it's just kind of one of those things. It's like, <laughs> like it's going to be a gradual change, but it's not going to be one day. Everybody shows up with new belts, but you know, if you know, you're a promoter or promotion and you need belts, I encourage you to check out indie belts on Facebook. Um, very affordable stuff, very quality looking stuff. So, uh, I still think they should change the name to leather by lash, but yeah, Adam lash, it's Adam lashes, uh, one of his many companies. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, eventually we would obviously love to have new belts. Uh, it's just a a financial thing. It's just like, you know, you got to build that nest egg up, and then 
okay, now we have enough money. And then sometimes do we run this show and book this talent or do we buy a new belt? And, you know, the talent and the shows are what bring in the most money and a belt doesn't bring in money, uh, you know, technically. And that's just kind of the same thing about the production values. Like, they're nice. It's like icing on the top or whatever. Sure. But a light's not selling a ticket. A belt's not selling a ticket. So it's kind of like, what do you? What do we think people would rather see? Some fucking really cool looking belts, or some fucking kind of higher priced talent that they really have wanted to see for a long time live. So that's kind of where you gotta juggle things as promoters. Well, there you have it, folks. That's gonna do it. Uh, this was part two of the Ask Us Anything here on the Card is Going to Change, presented by AIW and sponsored by Angelo's Pizza, Smart Mark Video, and Jack Prince. Uh, Steve Guy here, and as always, want to thank Chandler Biggins and John Thorne, the owners of AIW, for sitting down and sharing their thoughts, this time on your questions. Join us next week right back here. The card is going to change. Thanks. You know. Oh, Jesus. Two fucking stones.